The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Day Radio. I'm your host, Miriam Marston, and I'm so glad you're tuning in as we continue to explore how God is moving in our world today. You know, it's been just so encouraging these last couple of years of hosting the show to have a front seat to the vast diversity among the men and women who have responded to God's call in their lives. It's been inspiring to hear stories of religious vocations, of artistic inspiration, of apostolates and ministries being built from the ground up. These are the stories that we need to keep sharing so that we never lose sight of how God is really at work. Without these stories and these testimonies, there's a risk that our ideas about who God is would become increasingly abstract and vague. But the good news is, He's not. God isn't distant. He's not indifferent. He is incredibly close and involved in our lives. Maybe so close and so involved that it can actually be hard to see. So I'm glad that my guest today, Father Cedric Pizania, has really dedicated his life's work to precisely bringing people to a space where they can reflect on and experience that closeness of God. You know, the Catechism of the Catholic Church opens with that description of God's plan of sheer goodness, that God freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. And for this reason, at every time and in every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek him, to know him, to love him with all his strength. And that, my friends, is a plan that should give us a lot of hope because it tells us that we're not born by random chance and wandering the world aimlessly. We're here for a reason. Now, during our conversation, Father Cedric mentions the founder of his religious community, the Passionists, St. Paul of the Cross, who lived in the 17th century, and his very name reveals his deep devotion to our Lord's Passion. Really, when we look upon the cross, so many of our ideas about beauty are turned upside down. Because here, in the agony and the tragedy of the crucifixion, we would expect to see only ugliness. But it's here that we see God's love poured out for all of humanity. And what could be more beautiful? Now, with this in mind, I thought I would share just a few words from this saint before the interview, and then I'll be back with a brief reflection after my conversation with Father Cedric. On awaking, keep your heart under control. By the remembrance of God, your love, your only good. When God inspires you with the sentiment of love, stop and taste it, as the bee sips the honey. Ah, when I reflect that my soul is the temple of God, that God dwells in me, how my heart rejoices. All sufferings and afflictions appear to me sweet and light. What a fruitful source of meditation. Live in the joy and the peace of the divine majesty. Live lost in divine love. Live for divine love and of divine love. O cherished cross, through thee my most bitter trials are replete with graces. 
I'm joined today by Father Cedric Pizania, who is a passionist priest who lives in Houston, Texas. He preaches parish missions. He's done some work with EWTN, among other things we'll hear more about. Father Cedric, it's great to have you on the show today. How are you? Miriam, such a joy to be with you, and I applaud your listeners for tuning in. Wonderful. Uh, Well, Father Cedric, I I know that our listeners might also be very familiar with your voice as well, because you have a show that airs on our local Catholic radio station. Actually, um, we'll we'll link to that as well to remind folks uh, where to to hear more of the wonderful work that you do. But this ministry um, that really the refrain is to live with passion, correct? Yes, I am what's called a passionist priest. And you know about religious communities such as the Franciscans and the Jesuits and the Dominicans, the Servites. The Passionists were founded in the 1700s in Italy, and we were founded to proclaim the passion of Jesus, to proclaim God's love everywhere, and also to meditate on the cross in our own prayer life, and that brings us closer to God. I call my program Live With Passion because the word passion means suffering, and it refers to the passion of Christ, but it also refers to enthusiasm Mm -hmm. and creativity and becoming the best you can be. So I really try to help motivate people to realize their potential and become all that they can be. I call it living with passion. Love it. And Father Cedric, I'm sure that this kind of this kind of work, this kind of ministry, it didn't just materialize overnight. Um, I'm wondering what happened in your own spiritual journey that that Christ was so powerfully shared with you that it really changed the trajectory of your life. Could you share a bit on on what that was like? What changed everything? Well, I had a conversion when I was in college. I would go back to that. I originally I was born and brought up Catholic and baptized as an infant, confirmed in the eighth grade. And like many young people, I fell away. Then when I was in college, I was dating and all that type of thing. And it was really, I had a bottoming out. I broke up with a girl and it was just, I was empty. I started praying, <laughs> went yeah. back to my roots, read the scriptures a little bit, prayed and tried to give my life to Jesus. I was 18 years old and make a long story short, I had a touch of the Holy Spirit that revolutionized me and showed me that God was real, that he had a plan for my life. And I went all in. It took me a little while, but I ended up joining a religious community called the Passionists, and I became a Catholic priest in 1991. Mm -hmm. And then I began preaching parish missions in the beginning. Ever since God touched me, I wanted to tell everybody the gospel about the good news about salvation, about heaven, about eternal life. And it started kind of small. I gave parish missions all around the country. And that's what we passionists do. St. Paul of the Cross Mm -hmm. founded the passionists to evangelize. Mm -hmm. And I gave parish missions really for about 20 years, traveling all around the United States. And I really sensed that God was calling me outside the walls of the church also. I love the people that came to the missions, but there were parishioners and good people that normally go to church. But I really wanted to reach out to what's called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They have no religious affiliation and the Catholics who had fallen away that I meet on airplanes and on golf courses. And I wanted to reach out to them in in an effective way. And God made a path for that to happen by opening the door for television and radio and printed media. I have 25 books now and they're 
scattering like seeds everywhere. So things didn't happen quickly, but if you persevere and you continue to work at it, it's amazing how God opens doors for us. It is, and it, it does take a lot of trust and humility to to really let God take the wheel and say, all right, I, I trust you're going to open doors, um, but look at the fruit that it has borne. Father Cedric, have you had any stories of just um, people who have either read one of your books or walked away from retreat, knowing, of course, that it's the Holy Spirit doing the work, but um, who have shared with you how they've been evangelized through your own ministry? Well, really quickly, I think of a couple different things. I get letters, and I really have a heart for young people. I started out as a youth minister. I really want to reach out to teenagers because our culture right now is a culture of death, as John Paul II coined it. And they are being pulled away, unfortunately, from faith. It's always great when I can reach out, especially through television. And I got a letter from an eight-year-old girl who says that, she and her parents watch my programs and she just loves it and prays for me. And that so touched my heart. Oh. I love it when, when young people respond to the gospel like that. That's just yeah. one. Then I also have a ministry that goes into prisons. Wow. I am on EWTN and they are broadcasting in jails and prisons. Wow. Also, I'm, on, I'm the only Catholic on two Protestant networks, Trinity Broadcasting Network. I'm on at 4 a.m., Pacific and Daystar Television Network. I'm on at 10 a.m. on Sundays, Pacific time. Well, we go into prisons, and one time I was preaching a mission in New York, and I finished my talk, and I went in the back, and a man came up to me, kind of younger, in his 20s, and he shook my hand. He said, Father Cedric, he said, I was watching your programs from prison, and he said, thank you so much. And then he rolled up his sleeve on his arm, and there was a tattoo and it was a tattoo of one of my book titles it was <laughs> called Challenges Make Champions. That's one of my books. Wow. And he tattooed that on his arm. And it's all about how the challenges of life really can either make you or break you. And he was saying by that tattoo that because of his faith in God and his perseverance, it was going to make him a champion. And to me, that really touched me because he was taking my teachings and literally putting them into action. Those are just a couple of what I remember. People are returning to the church. They're coming to faith in Jesus. They're being encouraged, being inspired. That's all about what my ministry is, is pushing toward, passion. Praise God. That's beautiful to hear. Now, in this work of evangelization, and I'm thinking especially of young people here, do you hear... Um, certain kind of questions really coming up to the surface in particular, like, cause we hear like how they're bumping up against uh, what the culture might be demanding of them or asking or presenting to them. But what, what are you hearing about kind of their own aches and questions? Well, they certainly have a lot of questions. There's no yeah. doubt about that there. And that's, to me, that's the beginning of wisdom mm-hmm. is the desire to learn that comes right from the book of wisdom in the Bible. It's the desire to learn. So I, I welcome all those questions. And doesn't mean that they're doubting. Sure. They're searching. And that's a good thing. That's exactly what happened to me when I was a teenager. I was searching and asking questions. And you can't get the answers to questions unless you ask them. That's why I think it's so great that they're asking those questions. And I would say that 
really our young people today want to have encounters with God. Yeah. And that's what changes lives, that they have a moment uh, of a touch of some sort, uh, an experience with the Holy Spirit, yeah. could be before the Eucharist. As you know, in our yeah. Catholic Church, we're having a Eucharistic revival now for the next couple of years. Yeah. Many people are experiencing something real at Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ and before the Blessed Sacrament, especially young people that are having that type of a devotion, mm. they're experiencing the grace of God. I would say that's the number one thing that needs to happen in terms of us getting vocations yeah. and our young people staying in the church instead of being swayed by the world. They need a touch from God. And in order for that to happen, they need to be asking the questions, need to be spending some time in prayer and need to be reading the scriptures, things like that. Now, for those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Father Cedric Vizania, who is a passionist priest who's living in Houston, Texas. Um, you mentioned when you were 18 and you had this experience of really hitting a low, but then turning on back to your faith. Um, You mentioned reading scripture. You had this touch of the Holy Spirit. I'm just even curious, was there a certain scripture passage that you came across? Can you remember where you, did you just open up the Bible and hope that it would speak to you or did you go to it more intentionally? That's a great question, Miriam. My my parents had a family Bible, one of those older editions and big, large thing. And all the words of Jesus were in red. I didn't know where to start. So I just opened it up to Matthew because that's where the words with gospel of Matthew, which is the first in the Bible right. of the new Testament. Uh, now I know as a scholar, as a study the scripture that I know that Matt Mark was written first, but in the Bible, Matthew was written first. Anyway, real quick, <laughs> I came to Matthew seven, seven. That's the verse that changed my life. And it's ask and you shall receive. We we're just talking about asking questions. Wow. Ask and you shall receive. Knock, the door will be open. Seek and you will find. That's when I that's when I really sensed Jesus speak to me directly. Hmm. And I began to pray. I began to ask, to knock, to seek. And that's when everything started happening. Again, it's Matthew 7 7 changed my life. Wonderful. I hope uh, this is a prompt for our listeners to maybe spend some time with that word just from Matthew uh, 7, 7. Um, Father Cedric, these uh, parish missions that you do and you do retreats as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, now, I actually, a few years back, I experienced one of your parish missions or at least part of it. Um, could you walk us through how how did you come up with a format? Because I know your goal is to precisely facilitate Um, these encounters, hopefully, with Jesus. So how do you go about kind of creating that environment? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, A parish mission is the Catholic version of a revival, a Protestant revival. And what we're trying to do is to deepen people's spirituality, to give them, as you say, an encounter with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, with God the Father. We do that through the spoken word, through music, through some Mm -hmm. prayer, about an hour in the evening, an hour in the morning. We have Mass in the morning. It's more of a word-oriented service in the evening. We also have reconciliation. I try to, through music and through creating an atmosphere, through preaching, through storytelling, through humor, Mm -hmm. through everything I can think of, create an atmosphere whereby 
people's hearts are open to the love of God, to the touch of God. And reconciliation is a major part of that. I always have that on Tuesday night in the mission, sometimes in the morning. Mass is a major part of that as they come to communion. But really, it's something that they need to hear. I talk about prayer. I talk about the meaning of suffering. Talk about the Holy Spirit. Talk about the Eucharist. I try to cover all these basic areas in a very simple way that people can understand and hopefully encounter God in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. And you said that, again, um, so having time for reconciliation, mass, Eucharistic adoration, uh, prayer. Um, this is, I, I'm just thinking about this. Do you have time of just silence? I'm just kind of curious. That's a good question. People come out and hopefully they pray as they gather yeah. and they can always have a little silent time after communion. But basically a parish mission is centered around the spoken word, around preaching. That's what they come out to hear. I'm I'm a specialist in that, and they want to hear my words. But I do speak about silence as the classroom of silence. I talk about it as God's first language, the language of love. In my talk on prayer, I talk about silence because... Really, remember Elijah, the earthquake, the wind and the fire, and God was not in that, but there was a still small voice, a Mm. tiny whisper, and he heard the the voice of God. I am a contemplative. I am a passionist, and we are contemplatives, and we are apostolic. We have a blend of both. Interesting. Really, the apostolic comes from the contemplative, from our time with God. And I'm big on silence, but during the mission, they want to hear words. They want to hear what I have to say, but I do speak about silence because I treasure quiet. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that it was a, that your order was a mix of contemplative and apostolic. That's really interesting. And you said it was St. Paul of the Cross, correct? Yes. There were two saints. There's a St. John, St. John of the Cross founded the Carmelites, That's it. but St. Paul of the Cross founded the Passionists. We are founded in the 1700s. In fact, last year was our 300th anniversary And we are in probably 64 countries. We're not based in Portland at all, but we're down there in Sacramento, Los Angeles. I live in Houston at a retreat center. We're up in Detroit and sprinkled along the East Coast. Headquarters is in Rome, right across from the Colosseum. Oh, okay. It's called St. John and Paul's. It's the wedding church of Rome. Mm -hmm. And you will see a statue of St. Paul of the Cross in St. Peter's right up above Bernini's columns to the right, way up high. Okay. Passionists are very well known. Uh, like I said, we're in 64 countries, but we don't have any right there in okay. Oregon. Got it. Well, you never know. Hopefully that will change. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Well, hopefully you never we get know. some locations out of there. There we go. Um, so I'm sure you have a, a devotion to St. Paul of the Cross. Um, Father Cedric, are there other saints that you count among your closest friends? That would have to be St. Francis of Assisi, the founder of the Franciscans. I love his simplicity and his preaching, his love of nature. Then uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits. I love his surrender, Mm -hmm. his uh, discernment, helping people to to make good decisions. Those are a couple of the saints I would say right offhand. 
You know, uh, you mentioned, and again, I, I experienced this because I came to one of your parish missions, but you do love to use humor uh, in your, uh, in your, during your missions, which I really appreciate. I'm wondering, do, do you know of any saints who were known for their humor? Oh, let me think. Uh, yeah, there are some. I can't think of it right offhand, but uh, that's all right. Yeah, I think humor is a great way. It's kind of like I like it to an oasis in a desert. Hmm. People love to laugh, and people are all struggling. You know, you've heard that saying: "Be kind to one another, because everybody's yeah. going through a battle." Yeah. And people are struggling with all kinds of things. So we love to laugh. A sense of humor is God-given. It's something that that God created in us. It's an oasis for the people, and it's an oasis for me, too, because yeah. when I laugh up there, it gives me a chance to breathe and kind of relax. So, yeah, it's it's very important to use humor. I'm trying to—we talk about evangelization, Miriam. We have to be as wise as serpents and as gentle as a dove. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of it, the wisdom and the gentleness. It's humor. We're not trying to cram things down people's throats. We're trying to be human, trying to be real. And one of the ways you do that is through humor. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Father Cedric, we're, we're coming up to the end of our time together. And I always like to ask my guests, if you could leave us with just a, a note of hope or encouragement. That God is in you. God loves you. God wants you to realize your full potential. Mm. To become all that you can be. I have a saying in my ministry that I've adopted, who you are is God's gift to you, but who you become is your gift to God. Life is all about becoming. The image of the butterfly runs true. I speak a lot about that, that out of the chrysalis, the little caterpillar changes and is transformed and becomes. And in a way, we're all in a chrysalis. We are being transformed. You have to push yourself. You have to try to realize your potential, both on a professional level and in terms of virtue and in your relationship with God. But this is the meaning of life. God told me that, that we become, that we deepen our relationship with God, that we become a moral person, and that we become all that we can be. Beautiful. Thanks for that, Father Cedric. Um, for our listeners who want to learn more about what you do, what you've written, do you have a website that we can direct folks to? Yes, fr for father, frcedric.org, frcedric.org. And really quickly, I wanted to say that I am on Modern Day Radio, Saturdays at 7.30 a.m., Sundays at 8.30 a.m., Thursdays at 7.30 p.m., I'm also, my programs air on EWTN occasionally in the afternoons, Monday through Friday. I'm also on Trinity Broadcasting Network, 4 a.m. on Sundays, Daystar Network, 10 a.m. on Sundays. Wonderful. I hope our listeners will tune in and uh, and watch and listen. And Father Cedric, I thank you for your, your time today, and thank you for everything you're doing to draw people closer to Christ. Well, Miriam, you're doing a great job too. And I'm so appreciative for the invitation and hope maybe I can be on once again. Sounds good. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. And to all of your listeners, may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
At one point, I asked Father Cedric what scripture passage had really spoken to his heart in such an impactful way that his life would truly start to change from that point on. And the passage that Father Cedric had read as a young person who was asking all those questions that come with that time of life, they were the words of Jesus recorded in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 7, verse 7, where we hear, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Ask, seek, and knock. These are good habits of the disciple, of the one who is striving to follow Christ day after day. We won't bother God with our knocking. We won't annoy Him with our asking, and we won't offend Him with our seeking. Because all of these actions, when done with a sincere heart, with the heart of a child, they illustrate trust in our Heavenly Father. And these are actions that draw us out of ourselves, away from that tendency to look only inwards for answers, for meaning. You know, I often hear expressions about how the universe is the thing directing us and offering us wisdom. And the truth is, as pretty as the stars and the planets are, I can't ask them anything. Neptune and Jupiter aren't waiting to help us as we seek our purpose. I can't knock on the door of a galaxy. No one will answer. But God, who is personal, who wants to be known and who wants to communicate with us, that is who I can turn to. In trust, knowing that I'll receive a reply, even if, quite frankly, I may not always understand it. But in those moments, it's enough just to know that God is speaking. And over time, I can pray for the grace to understand how His plan of sheer goodness is unfolding, maybe mysteriously at first glance, but it is always unfolding from a place of perfect love. And again, that is good news that we need to keep sharing. Perhaps in the coming days, we can practice this habit of asking, of seeking, and of knocking really coming together to offer a testimony of trust, which can shine brightly in a culture that seems to feed on suspicion and division, which are enemies of trust. And let's show others with joy and confidence how God has a good plan for our lives. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next week as we journey on in this adventure of God's love and truth. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon.